Empire. Thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T and myself, Wole. Ray Jeezy is out, and we are part of Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. What's good, Will T? Nothing much. How you doing, sir? I'm good, bro. You know, the NBA playoffs, man. We're here in the building. It's yep, we, yep, we're here. Um, I was glad to see that it was on the the uh, big screen in the studio when I came in. Yeah, I know. Tonight. You know. No wrestling this time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm, look I'm, not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wrestling. No, I'm you know saying I mean? like now, you know, because I didn't know about it. Last time, you, you, you actually put, you know, you put me up to date. You were like, dude, you know the playoffs are starting. I was like, I ain't know. And now we're here. We in here. Absolutely. You know what what do you think so far? Are the playoffs? Yeah. Through uh, one game. Uh, yeah, for a couple of them. Some of two. I mean, there's a lot. Of, to me, there's a lot of, uh, in the first round, teams who are overmatched. A lot mm-hmm. of that. I mean, there are a few games that are a few series um, that are very intriguing. And we'll get, through, get into that anyway. But in terms of the overall play of the, of the, of the uh, playoffs, I'm, I'm like, even, I mean, you expect the high lower seeds to be dominant. But I would I would would have thought they'd be a little bit more competitive. Yeah, um, actually, this series that we're watching now, this one, this the Miami Heat. This is a team I'm really interested in because this is a team that you think about it. Um, most high seeds, especially number yeah. one seeds, they have a superstar player. Of course, the Heat don't necessarily have a superstar player, yeah. right? They have yeah. a collection of players. They have Bam. They have Jimmy Butler. They have Tyler Hero. They have uh, Kyle Lowry. So they have a collection like four exceptional or yeah. all-star level players. Um, well, three three all-star level players, but they don't have a superstar. So I'm very interested to see how this plays out for them going through the East. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jimmy Butler, people will say like, you know, a lot of people say he's like a superstar. I don't think so. But uh, he's, a, he's a player that he plays hard, right? You Absolutely. He, and he's a leader. And he's, he and sets he, a tone. He does, and, and he took a team to he took this team to the finals. It was yeah, the bubble finals. Yeah. So I mean, so it was still he took them to the finals. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so it's a it's a matchup. It's definitely you know they're a team that's coached well. They have a lot of the ingredients to be a successful team in the postseason. They play good defense. They coach well, and um, they play a good team brand of basketball. And I, I always feel like in the postseason, yeah, you knew you need you need the guy. But when you play a team brand of basketball, it typically works. It works out for you. All right. So, um, Ant Papyr Media hosts multiple DM, multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure just make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options and local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of our hear all of Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition of pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk 
we'll talk about the Washington Commanders. I mean, about Washington Commanders wide receiver Terry McLaurin possibly holding out. Then at 8:20, we'll talk NBA playoffs. At 8:35, we'll talk about Earl Spence Jr. stopping Jordanus Ugas Al Jones from the world-renowned radio show in In the Ring with Al Jones. Will join us to discuss the fight. Finally, in our segment, HBCU Corner, we'll have a pre-tape interview with University of Maryland Eastern Shore men's basketball coach Jason Crafton. But first, it's been reported that the that Washington Commander wide receiver Terry McLaurin is skipping on on on-field work during during off-season programs. Scary wants a new deal. Will T, your thoughts? He's deserving of it, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think after we've seen you know, the wide receiver um, salary market reset with the deals that Devontae Adam and Tyreek Hill received. You know, it's, it's kind of now it's time for that set, like that second or third tier of guys, right? You know, uh, Stephon Diggs also was um, received a, a new contract. So you think at that tier right below them, you know, you got to have young guys too, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, did uh, even uh, Metcalf, DJ Metcalf get his deal? DJ, DJ Metcalf hasn't received yeah. his deal, but he'll be, you know, he's coming up soon also. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, it's much deserved, but uh, I think the one thing you have to ask yourself, and, you know, as a fan, I, I'm curious to hear your perspective. Do you think he is deserving of a market setting deal, or do you think he should be paid, you know, somewhere in the top? 10 to 15 wide receivers. I think he deserves a top deal doing, just knowing where this team is in terms of, you know, the image um, and also just the talent set that this team has on, on the team. So when you argue, when you look at – I mean, go ahead. You have so you're saying they have to overpay just because of I who they are overpay. and everything that's going on around them at this time. I think they do have – yeah. I think, they, to be honest with you, I do think they have to overpay. And also I do think that because if you look at – what he has to work with, other than, you know, when compared to other court, other wide receivers, the stats he puts out there is kind of remarkable, right? Compared to what AJ, AJ Brown has a, I mean, AJ Brown has Tannehill, who's a quality wide receiver quarterback, compared to what this team has had. Uh, quality compared I, to what this team has had. Okay, okay, compared to what this team has, and had. you still okay, can put fair. up numbers, like you know what I mean. Uh, you name, you name some of those dudes on the on on the list. In terms of offensive-minded dudes, in terms of who play, who calls the plays, uh, quarterback play, for him to put up these numbers with an inconsistent quarterback play is amazing. Like, like I put this out there. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, what's his face? Sammy Walker Jr., who's older, right? Mm -hmm. well, our, after next season, we'll probably be making a lot of money. Why? Why you say? He's playing with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. So That's I just a possibility. Yeah. So I just, I'm just saying, like, when you when you when he you finally give, you know you got to think about giving Scary Terry a quarterback to kind of fairly assess what he can do, right? Or quarterback with some capability. You can argue it's this, and this is tough to say. Like Carson Wentz may be like the best quarterback he's actually played with, and that's no Mike. It is. He is. Yeah. He is. So, and he's been putting up. He's put up nine hundred. Put up a thousand. Like he's put up high numbers with limited QB. No, and with and being the only option. All right. So there's another side of this argument. Yeah. And that side is Washington shouldn't pay him because yeah. uh we you know, whether the perception is real or not, yeah. there's a perception that overpaying for wide receivers doesn't necessarily help your team, 
right? Yeah, okay. Unless you have a star quarterback. Yeah. Um, there's also another argument that said that goes, well, look at where this team is kind of in their progression and their rebuild, right? There are other things that are far more important for you to fill, for other holes on the roster to fill besides a wide receiver, right? Um, what do you think about that? That's out of the argument. Do, I mean, you, think it's a, do you think it's a valid, it's a valid think, argument? I don't think it's a valid argument because the player that you have is, is, is a top-tier player and he's young. He's super young, and if you lose that, you're not going to have a player. You're not going to have a player at that position. That it's still a valued position. Like wide receiver in the NFL is 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 valuable. Well, they do have what the number eleven pick. I, I forgot yeah. what, what pick Washington. <laughs> it's eleven. You got it. It's Washington has so you still technically. Yeah, you could, you could, you could, but you, but I'll say this much: have, Can you trust this organization to draft the first round wide receiver? Not necessarily. Exactly. It hasn't it hasn't really been the thing that they've kind of passed in, you know what I mean? Like so you got a guy that you know is a proven commodity and he's young. I wouldn't he's better than players that you that you hold dear to to you, you know what I mean? Like for instance, people love Chase Young. I like Chase Young. Terry McC- Terry McLaurin is way better than Chase Young. Uh Terry McLaurin has produced Better than Chase Young. So, yes. But if you produce, you're better. That's all I'm. I'm all right. I know you can, we fair. can go off talent all you want. Like I think Jadavion Clowney is talented as hell. But there are there are multiple players that are better that's better than Jadavion Clowney. Just it is what it is. You know what I mean? You got to produce. You know what I'm saying? Like it's cool. It's sexy to have that talent. You you can make the argument that that um, Chase isn't even the best defensive end on the on the team. That's that's fair. So I'm just saying, like, and this is not a knock on Chase. I'm just saying, like, Scary is actually a young dude who's produced, and who's who who. When you ask everybody in the know, right, in terms of who plays that play that position, you're talking about vets of the game, Hall of Famers. They tell you the same thing. They say Scary is a bad man. Those stats don't even tell you how good he is. You know what I mean? And this is from the Ocho Cinco's of the world. You know, the Randy Mosses, the. The Terrell Owens, the Jerry Wright, these dudes speak highly of, of, of Terry McLaurin. Yeah. And he's not even on, he's not even, like, like, he's not on the biggest stage to put up numbers. That's fair. You know what I mean? So, but I get you. I know what you're saying. Like, when you look at, I think for, if you're the Washington Commanders, I mean, if you're looking for a bargaining chip, yes, you're going to use that argument. You're going to say, you're going to call, you're going to bring up the numbers. You're going to say you didn't do this, you didn't do that. But, you know, be careful if you keep doing that. Be careful if you do that. Because then you're going to rub them the wrong way. And then you're going to have somebody who doesn't want to be, who definitely doesn't want to be here. That's fair. You know what I mean? So. All right. Well, let's take a pause for the calls uh-huh. real quick. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Uh, another aspect we haven't thought about yeah. is should Washington consider trading McLaurin? If they can't if they can't work out a deal with him, or if he's determined to kind of be at the top of the wide receiver market, I mean, I personally wouldn't trade him. I would tag, um, but you know, you lost Brandon Sheriff, right? Yeah. It's all about <laughs> you. Mean you just got to Hey, if you're not going to, you, if Washington isn't willing to give the man the money, because if they're not willing to overpay, because you weren't going to overpay Brandon Sheriff. He's a guard. Like you weren't going to. It's a guard. He's a guard. And a guard you can get in the second, third round. It's historically speaking, you can get you can get a, a Pro Bowl caliber guard in, in the, the mid, third, in the mid, 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 mid rounds of the draft. Um, 
you got to get lucky to get. A, I mean, if you if you draft right, you can get a wide receiver in the mid rounds too. But you got to be good. Like you got to be good in terms of your you know your staff, your your scouting department, and your GM, and just the eye for talent. You got to be really good to do that. Um, so I'm gonna say no, I wouldn't trade. But I think with a caveat of understanding that you do not want what happened with Brandon Sheriff to happen to happen again. When you knew we kept tagging him, and you kind of got the hint that all right, you weren't going to work out a deal. Yeah, well, I think that there there's two trains of thoughts on that, right? Mm-hmm. First, with Brandon Sheriff, I think Brandon Sheriff went into it kind of like uh, Kirk Cousins, which was all right. If you pay me what I want, I'll sign. But I'm far more comfortable going to this year after year, mm-hmm. getting the franchise tag, and then I'll be at a point where no one can tag me, and then I can sign a long-term contract, yeah. right? Yeah. To me, ultimately, if you're, if you're a player and you believe in yourself and your health, mm-hmm. that may, and you're young enough, yeah. that may be the way to go. Oh, to get tagged? Yeah. To, you, so you take two tags, right? Yeah. You get tagged twice. Yeah. After that, no one's going to tag you because they have to pay you 144% of your salary. I mean, it definitely, it's a good hustle. Yeah, and then I you sign, it. and then you sign a, a shorter man. term, like a three or four year deal, and then you're able to, you're still relatively young, and then you can get paid again. You're not gonna help me. I'm not going. I'm not hating on it. I'm about my money. So you ask the right person. I'm about my money. You, if you can pay me right, I'm, I'm your buddy. You know what I'm saying? Kirk Cousins just set the, he set the mold. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah, I, it. see, I, I don't. This is one thing that I guess that kind of has puzzled me. Yeah. Why isn't it that why haven't players reached out to Kirk Cousins' agent and said, "Hey, hey, can I be can, can, can I get you?" Yeah, I'm dead serious. He's the one. He's the best agent. He's the best agent ever. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Kirk Cousins has guaranteed contract. Yo, he's the, like he's paid. He's paid more than Brady, dude. Like the, the dude is an assassin when it comes to that money. Absolutely. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, on uh, so we uh, talked about we post that question about uh, should should Washington consider trading um, McLaurin. Uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on our social media platforms. Uh, feel free to you know tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene, and also on comment on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. George, the homie George, said without a doubt because teams will line up to get his services. But surely we won't try to to nickel and dime this kid and put ourselves in that position. Will, are you sure about that? I ain't sure. I mean, I think. Oh, I'll say this though. I'm gonna tell you about Al. When Al, Al went to L.A. and, and for Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and reverse, he, reverse, he's got the chance to speak to certain players like he's a freaking whatever. Like he's a fucking a freaking reporter, right? Yeah. He said that uh, Rivera is it was, it was basically saying like he's, he's going nowhere. <laughs> like of any player that he banged with, it was scary Terry. That okay. was the well, player. Well, I'm, I'm- – well, you know, all of that can change depending on what oh, believe me, I think Terry McLaurin for, is looking for yeah, a form of salary. I agree. I think that it all can change. I think money, but it goes like if you're trying to build something, you do need like your whatever you feel is a you core. You need core player. talent. Yeah, well, that's, so what's your core? Like he has to be part of your core. You know what I mean? I mean, if, we, if we're if we looking at it right now, I, I, I would guess it's Terry McLaurin, Chase. Yeah, Chase. Um, Deron Payne. Jo- I think Jonathan Allen. I'm not John- sure about Payne. I think Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Well, I got to get pay. He got to get that check before he got to. He got to get that contract that Well, no, I, I think I think those four guys are are your core. And yeah, sure. and, and then um and Gibson. 
Uh, I don't know about guessing anymore. I think it would have been. He was close. I think they, 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 they're, they're. Th I'm not sure about Gibson as much. It should be Montez Sweat, but they be, they be, they be, they be. If I think Gibson still has star potential. I ain't say he couldn't. Correctly. I'm just saying that it's the if he if he has another year like he did last year with uh, ball security, he won't be the starter next the year after. I tell you that. That's fair. I tell you that. Uh, on Twitter, same question. The, the homie Brian. Uh, tweeted us. He said, "If he doesn't sign the extension, you can you tag him. Yeah, I would tag him. I think that's what Will was talking about the Kirk Cousins approach. Absolutely, Just take the tag. Just take the tag. Take the tag. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. It's guaranteed money for one year. Yeah. No one, no one's, no one's anti that. Oh, what's, what's going on, my man? Oh, Lowry, you chilling? You chilling? Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry. Deontay, Deontay. Kyle Lowry is annoying. Ain't no one going about to talk NBA playoffs anyway. We'll talk NBA playoffs after the break." You listen to the Urban Sports Saints. For ages. Yeah, dig. On Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Deuces. Deuces. My bad. <laughs> listening to the urban sports scene with Wole and Will T. Ray is out. We're part of Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. All right, Wole, over the weekend, the, officially the first round of the NBA playoffs kicked off. Yes. Um, what has been your favorite series so far? I ain't, uh, ain't going to lie, man. I, I mean, I'm going to go with the local dude, KD versus uh, Boston. I'm KD and the Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston, Boston Celtics. That's been – a cool, a good series. I mean, good, a good game one, a good start to the series, right? Um, you have a lot, you had a lot of folks who picked uh, Brooklyn to win that series, knowing that you're gonna have KD, uh, Kyrie, and everybody expecting Ben Simmons to probably come to at the end of the season, come play in the end. Of, I mean, to the end of the series, excuse me. Um, and you think you see that Boston is playing with a chip on their shoulder. Usually, you can tell, like you can tell, you know what they want this, they want this game, they want to prove, they want this series, they want to prove. Uh, to the pundits out there that they're for real and Brooklyn ain't better than them. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the, the, the talk of the town is like, everybody, ha this is the sexy pick, right, for Boston 
to be upset, not say upset, to be beat by Brooklyn? I would, you know, for, for the sake of being different, um, I'm going to say my favorite series this far, even though that's a great series, especially yeah. the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Tatum on that last second yeah. spinning shot to, uh, to get the victory in yeah. game one. Um, I'm going to go with um, – I'd probably have to go with – I'm trying to think. Well, um, thus far, it's probably uh, Minnesota and yeah, – um, I thought you were going to say that was That was going to be my first initial. Min- yeah, Min- Minnesota and – That was going to be my first initial. And, uh, and, and Memphis yeah. um, because, you know, the, the, both of those teams have two very dynamic – young guards who can score in mm-hmm. John Morant and Anthony Edwards. And then you look at yeah, and then you look at that Memphis team. There's so much talent on that team, but when you look at uh excuse me, when you look at Minnesota, you know, I don't think, you know, I think Memphis has a, a better balance of talent. Yeah. But when you go to like that second player, Minnesota clearly has the second best player in Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony. Oh, you, you, um, you got you got. Oh, you think what's name's better, Carl Anthony Towns? Who? Is it Cal? Wait, wait, who's the one for Minnesota? Anthony Edwards. You got Anthony Edwards over Carl Anthony Towns. The, yes. Anthony Towns is, is the is the is the all star. He is, but but this is what I'm saying. Uh, you look at that team, uh, the way they've played this year. Uh huh. When they have run offense through Anthony Edwards. Yeah. That team has been more successful. Okay. I mean, when Carl Anthony fair. Towns has been kind of like a second that's fair. option. That's fair. Not, I, that's my opinion. That's no, what I said from all the games no, I've no, seen. No, no, no. I, I don't watch a lot of Minnesota games. So yeah, I'm when, they, when they put the ball. Yeah, I NBA won't even. Team, uh, yeah. N- NBA. The I, oh, league I got. Pass, oh, I got. Man, I got. Yeah, I got a. Le- I got a. I got league a, pass. I got a. I got a league pass too. Uh, some kind of league pass. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will say this. I I. See, so everybody who listens to the show should know. Like I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a Ja Morant fan. Like I, I love Ja's game in terms of young players. He's like probably my favorite young player in the game. Um, but I'm rooting for Carl Anthony Towns. I won't even lie to you. I just feel like what this man had to deal with, you know, obviously COVID taking his mother away. Yeah. Um, I root for him. Like I really do. I root for him. Um, he is a guy that, and you know, a lot of stuff. Even with you know, when you know the whole Jimmy Butler stuff and everything. While Jimmy was in Minnesota, and how you know, yeah, the, the stories, stories that came, that came out. out. Yeah. I just root for him, and I love and I love his game. I think he's a big man who can shoot, he's skilled, has nice jump hook. Um, he's super. Look, he's, I, he's super. T- he's no, I'm not saying super, yeah, this is not about. I'm not even talking about who's better. I'm not even doing. I'm just saying that I root for him because of ma- the majority ma- majority of it is because of what happened to you know his mom during COVID. Yeah. And, and I think was you know one of the things that you know people have kind of gotten away from. Um, that hasn't been front of mind is, you know, when you when we think about, you know, uh, the NBA and we think about the playoffs, um, much like the NFL in the playoffs, people root for stories. They do. Right. Facts. Facts. And Carl Anthony Towns has a compelling story. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if it were far more publicized, yeah. you know, in um, just the general media, I think it w- it would it, it's oh. something that would uh, draw and attract people. Oh, I totally agree. to that series, and then you know, not only that series, but you know, to basketball in general. I know, I agree. So, all, you know, we tweeted, you know, we tweeted the, well, we posted on social media, um, the homie about which is like your more your most intriguing series, or what's your favorite series? Uh, the homie Cameron said that the Timberwolves and Grizzlies 
which we just talked, we're, which we're, we are talking about. And also, I believe Ray said, Ray, had, Ray had tweeted something too. If I can find it, I'll find it later. Yeah, no problem. We, I, I'll keep, I'll keep us going yeah, though. Um, yeah, but hold on. I know but they're also, you know, outside of those two series, there, there are other compelling, you know, compelling series or compelling stories, oh, right? Yeah. You have Ray, you had, have, uh, Ray had the Nets versus Celtics. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you, you also have a guy who a lot of the advanced stat statistics say should be the MVP in Nikola Jokic. Against the Warriors. Against the Warriors, right? And they're down 0-2, headed back to Denver. Um, Jokic is in that Denver team is clearly paying Draymond. at a disadvantage um, because of the injury to Michael Porter Jr. and yeah. Jamal Jamal Murray. Yeah. Um, if he's, you know, if he's the MVP, some people make the argument that if he's the MVP that he'll be able to carry that team to at least – He'll make it a competitive series, right? Yeah, I think it'll be more competitive at home. Um, I think he has a good opportunity to win a couple games at home. I don't, I don't ever get off of when you watch a playoff game. People get, you know, what happens in the first two games. You held, you held, you held court. That's what you did. You held court, and the, the, to to win a game in, in um, at 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 uh, where, wherever, where where are the Warriors playing in San Francisco? In San Francisco, um, it's hard. It is Oracle, right? It's called yeah. Oracle. Yeah. No, I said, no the Chase, Chase, Chase Center. Chase Center. Sorry, to win there, it's hard, man. Like that, their fan base is, is rabid. So Denver has a rabid fan base. You're playing in you're playing in Mount High, the altitude, which is tough to play at. War and the Nuggets are are used to playing there. Um, it's not an easy place to play at. It really isn't. Um, you know, there are reports that Jamal Murray, uh, it's the, the decision is on him if he wants to try to chance it or not. Um, if I was Jamal Murray, I wouldn't. To be honest with you, I wouldn't. Uh, think that you, you're, the next year will be the year that you get the real Jamal Murray. Why chance it? Um, but I'm with you. They are playing at disadvantage. But I do think Joker, the Joker is good enough to to win a game or two at home. Uh, Winning the series, no. But to win a game or two at home. Um, I hate Draymond Green. I, think I just can't. I just can't. I'm not a big Jay Morgan Green fan. He's just doing too much. And I think he's talking trash. He scored like six points like yesterday. Yeah. Like, are we really doing this? But you know, one of the story or the team that has consistently been overlooked this season because you know people would rather talk about the 11th seed, a team that's the 11th seed in the West in the Lakers, opposed to a team that had the I believe the 23rd best record in the history of the NBA, the Phoenix Suns, right? Oh yeah, love. It. A lot of people aren't talking about that team, right? And oh, because they constant, bro. They they're constant. Consistent. They constant. They they consistent. Like they know, do they do? They they are arguably the best. They are the best team in basketball right now, by far. You may not want to talk about him. Monty has man. Monty's the best right now. The best coach in basketball. Um, Chris Paul. I think I heard. You know what? I went to call. I was listening to one hundred six seven the fan. Then they had. Uh, I think they had somebody I guess speaking about basketball or whatever. And literally, this dude came out of his mouth and said, "Like the Suns, he said the Suns are a constant, they're consistent. They're pro- like they measure out to be the best team in basketball. But the problem is they don't have like that guy, the number one, number one player." And I'm like, "Okay, let me that's, go back. That's do you, someone do you, who clearly do you not is, watch basketball, not bro. Basketball like the real talk. You not watch basketball. You have one of the best point guards who ever played the game, and Chris Paul, mm-hmm. right? Then you have Booker, who to me is there." Like he's a killer. Like he's a guy that you get. Because the argument was you don't have a guy you can give the ball to down the stretch. Yeah, you, you do. do. You have Booker. You have, and two, you, you have two. two guys. You have two, you have two guys. You have two killers. Yes. Two killers. Killers. I'm like, they have what you want. They got a big who he's a modern day big who can die, who can pick and dive, can actually put he can pull up, and you know he's a good rim uh, rim protector. You have and you have shooters. 
You have everything on that ball club to win a championship. And you know, the interesting thing is the the pieces are so interchangeable yes. between the first and second unit. It is, it's amazing. Outside of it's amazing, bro. Outside of, well, I, I want to be careful how I say this, yeah. right? Um, at this point in his career, mm-hmm. Cameron Payne can be a viable substitute for you, for Chris Paul, for long stretches. I'm not going to say that he's as good as Chris Paul or he provides the same thing, but the way that they attack a defense is their similarities. Yes. Right, in their game. Uh-huh. Right, the only the only person, I when I look at that second unit for the Phoenix Suns, they don't have a guy who can, for long periods of time, give you what the starter could give you, and that is Devin Booker. And Devin Booker is only just – yeah, Devin Booker's the guy averaged twenty five five and all, he almost averaged twenty five five and five. Dog, you got Cameron Johnson on the bench. You can start for most of your, most of the league. He can definitely start for this team here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it is what it is. And a knockdown shooter. They have so much. They they move and this style of basketball is just great to watch. They move the basketball. You can't key on Devin Booker and Chris Paul, like nope. because they they move the they're ball so interchangeable. Yes, one one can. Facts. One can play off the ball. One can play Facts, on, bro. you know, one plays on the ball. And one of the things they do defense, uh, one of the things that they don't get enough credit for is defense. They strap. They strap, defense. Bro. They play defense like a '90s NBA basketball Bridges team. Bridges can strap too. He's a versatile defender. They just, yeah. and then you got Crowder, the the like the, 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 the junkyard dog of the squad, yeah. right? So it's just they they. I'm with you, bro. Like they're a very talented talented squad. Before we go to break, I do want to talk about this the series though, the Boston Celtics. And nuts at Siller series because it's like getting real. Like Kyrie Irving is like not is, is done with Boston. Absolutely, as he should be. As he should be, right? I think so too. Uh, it's only so much one person disrespect a person can take. I, right? I agree, bro. You know, like he like he said during his press conference. I'm not internalizing. I'm just returning the energy that they give yeah. me. Right? Yeah. You know, um, people act like the athletes have to be like numb to what's going on, bro. Listen, specifically in that town, Boston. Boston has a history of treating their black athletes poorly. Yeah. Racist. Yeah. Right? Just I, call I, a spade like, a spade. Yeah. I, I can't call the fans racist. Racist, but they but, treat. But they, they have treat. a history of treating their black, the black athletes that play for Boston poorly. Yeah. And they have a history of treating the opposing black athletes poorly. Yeah. I don't have, I, I feel like Kyrie, I'm not even the biggest Kyrie fan. But I have no issue what he was doing. I'm like, if you treat, if you talking crap to me, why can't I do that? Absolutely. Like real, like real talk. Like what you, what is this? Like why do I have to be superhuman? Like I, I mean, why? I can, I'm gonna be me. I, I, I am human. You Absolutely. say crap to me. I'm going to say something. I'm coming back, back to you. you. I'm not putting my hands on you. I can say what I, I can say. If you dishing some vile stuff to me, be prepared to get to get it back. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't care. You like because you pay a ticket. Is that what we doing? You know what I'm saying, but, but big, overwhelmingly, I you know since you know people have been coming, been in arenas, um, you know at full capacity now. It's been a lot of, a lot of problems, a lot of issues of with course. the with the fans and the athletes. Right? They they feel as if just because they pay those premium prices to sit that close to the floor, they want to be in the game. They press, get a life. No, nah, I'm 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 a, I'm always a firm believer of you know. If you wouldn't say that to that man's face on the don't street, say it don't, say don't say it at all. Don't say it at all. I'm yeah. totally, totally agree with that. I'm just like, and one, and secondly, recognize that, that dude's a human. That that girl, that dude, he's a grown girl, man. Yeah. He's a grown man. Grown, they're human beings. Yeah, they're, they're human, human beings. beings. Like, would you want somebody to say that crap to you? Nope. Then don't say that crap to that person. 
So it is what it is. But these playoffs have been good. Um, all in all, they've been good. I know I was talking about how they haven't been – some of the games aren't haven't been as competitive, been blowouts, but they've been okay. I mean, I, should, I guess I could have mentioned the Dallas Mavericks and Utah Jazz. Jazz. But who likes watching Jack Utah? And Lucas not even playing. Something about Utah I just can't really watch. No, I, I, I actually enjoy watching Donovan Mitchell play. Oh, that's what's up, because I don't. Really? He shoots the ball too much. No, I, I just I, – He's I better in the playoffs, though. I'll give him that. He's a, yeah. The playoff, Mitchell is better. Like, than yeah, the regular season. Yeah, that and then also you, you couple the fact with um, he's a guy who doesn't necessarily get the notoriety that he should because of his level of talent, because yeah. where he plays. It's always interesting to see him. And plus, to me, you know – one on one, the best player in basketball is Luca. One on one. One on one, with the ball in his hand. Yeah, because he flops a lot too. But yeah, we can get into that later. <laughs> he does a lot of. He does a lot. Luca's a dog. He does a lot though. Yeah, he does. He does. does he complains lot. too much. Yeah, he, he does a lot. He's yeah. a dog though. I don't want to take nothing. I'm not saying I, he's the truth. I want yeah, everybody yeah, to understand. Take, it. He's the truth. Yeah, Luca is one of the. One of those players in the NBA that when you take away his initial move, oh, yeah, he, can. he has a count. Oh, he, he has counters. He has counters. He has second and third. He's, yeah, he's highly skilled. He's highly skilled. You know what I mean? I, I totally I, – I, I love watching Luka play. I just don't like the other stuff with Luka. I like him. I like watching him play, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's some other stuff I don't really like about Luka, though. All right. Oh, you want to go into this? Oh, I can read this. You can, I Thank you, man. I got it. All right, will we finally get Spence versus Crawford? Al Jones from In the Ring with Al Jones will join us to talk about Earl Spence beating Ugas over the weekend after the break. You're listening to Urban Sports Saying. For ages. You dig? On Empire Media. It's EmpireMedia.com. <laughs> EmpireMedia.com. <laughs> Come on, man. I heard it before I, you know, before we even started this thing. Anyway, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, myself, Wole, part of Empire Media, and that's empiremedia.com. All right. I'm boosted. Got the guy. Got the homie. Right now, we have Al Jones from the world-renowned radio show In the Ring with Al Jones. What's up, Al? What's good? What's good, baby? It's Trap season. It's Trap season. It, <laughs> it is. Trap, motherfucker. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Al, hype, dude. He hype. You see his team? baby. It's how you doing? We good, man. We good. Hey, thanks again for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure having you on, my man. We know we appreciate you, man. We do. We really appreciate you. 
You know, no we, no we like-minded individuals, man. That's why I dig you, man. We like-minded individuals. All right, hey, so no I, doubt. Let's, Absolutely. All right, let's get into it, man. You already talked about it. strap season. You already know what it is. Last Saturday, WBC and IBF welterweight champ Earl Spence Jr. TKO'd your Udinas Ugas in the tenth round. Spence added Ugas WBA welterweight title to his, to his strap season collection. Your thoughts on uh, Spence's performance? Hey, man, let me tell you something. This this performance by Earl Spence Jr. A.K.A. the Big Fish. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A.K.A. E.J. Dallas on at the AT&T Stadium in front of almost 40,000 people, bro. Mm-hmm. Rooting and cheering and, and congratulating in the end. He went in there, took care of his business, made one of the best strategic performances that I have ever seen that i've seen in a long time i can't say ever seen Uh but that i haven't seen in such a long time i am so proud of what i saw against a very tough opponent we're talking about uga someone who was actually a cuban olympic bronze medalist okay Uh and we all know how tough the cubans are they're very tactical and but unfortunately, he looked like a deer in headlights up there at the AT&T Stadium in Dallas, in Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas, this weekend. What's going on, Al? This is Will. I have a question. What's good, baby? I'm What's good, good, man. Strap season. Strap <laughs> season. I'm ready. I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for it. Let me ask you this: um, Earl Spence Jr. on a comeback fight against a guy who wasn't nearly as high profile, was able to draw 40000 to AT&T Stadium. If, if we get Errol Spence Jr. versus uh, Terrence Crawford versus Bud Crawford, do you think Dallas would be a viable uh, place to hold that fight, opposed to Vegas? Well, me, myself, personally, I would love to see the fight in Vegas. I yeah. love the lights. I love Vegas. I mean... It's nothing like Las Vegas. The uh-huh. energy, you know what I'm saying? They got big, big energy up in Vegas. You feel me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, according from, from my sources, again, Spence is going to dictate the show. Uh-huh. He holds the IBF, the WBC, and the WBA belt. Uh-huh. He's going to want that at the right there again at the AT&T Stadium. Uh, I mean, and he's going to want, he's going he's gonna to protest, and, and he's going to set claim because of the gate. Uh, I mean, we're talking 40,000 people. Although, Allegiant, I would love for it to be in Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders, where the Raiders play. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no place like Vegas. No, the, they, they, light, the camera, the action. Everything that's going on in Las Vegas, man. I mean, the 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 after parties in Vegas. I mean, <laughs> we go to Drea's, and, and it just doesn't get any bigger than that, bro. Already, man. Already, though. You can tell. Already. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, bro. But no one spent the way that he is, and and he's holding three of the four belts. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He's going to want to try to dictate the show and bring that to AT&T Stadium. 
instead of maybe, you know, say the Raiders have a bad season this year. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, and he's going to want to be able to have that in Dallas instead of Allegiant because I would like to see it with the Raiders play right there in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Okay, let but me. I, I know Spence the way he is. He's going to want to dictate it, you know, pretty much his way. I would be surprised if it gets into Vegas. That would be very surprising. I would love for it. But if it hap- if and when it happens, look for it to be in, uh, in Dallas. Well, let me, ask you, let me ask you this, piggybacking off of that question. Um, is, is this, I, I guess I want, I, let, let me see, let me see how I want to phrase this. This is a fight that has the potential to be a huge fight, right? Uh-huh. We have um, two uh, welterweights in their prime, two guys undefeated. Um, do you think, you know, with the, I guess the leeway of possibly, what are we in uh, April now? Possibly, you probably get to fight in what November. Do you think with November, the leeway? December. Yeah, November, yeah. December. With the- do you think that six or seven month leeway would make to would be able to hype this fight up and make it one of those pop culture events that it should be, ba- based off of these two guys' performance in the ring? You know, because we don't we don't very often do we get those fights that you know the the typical. Sp- you know, the non-sports fan wants to tune into. And I'm just going to be honest, both of these guys, neither one of these guys has that personality or that persona that would attract, you know, a non-sports fan, i.e. they don't talk a lot of shit, right? (laughs) Right. But do you think if you give it that six, seven-month ramp up that this could be one of those fights that does two million on pay-per-view? First of all, let me explain something to you. This is a situation we haven't seen anything like this since Hagler and Hearn, especially two brothers in their two brothers in that ring with this magnitude. Both of them have a, a, a very large fan base. Spence just proved again that he has an extremely large fan base selling 40,000 by himself. I mean, Ugas. Come on. I mean, Ugas' <laughs> fan base isn't that big here in the U.S. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, it wasn't the strongest of undercards either. Yeah. Right. And in the, in the, in the undercard wasn't strong at all. So with taking all of that in consideration, Spence brought in 40,000 people himself. Basically, yeah. <laughs> now, we both know Bud. A lot of people love Bud. A lot of people but love Bud. Uh-huh. Bud can probably do another twenty thousand itself. Uh-huh. So this has every this has every setup to be again in a stadium. It's too big. This fight is going to be too big for an arena. Uh-huh. It's a stadium type fight. It's a big difference between a stadium and an arena. This is like these two coming together. Is like, like Jackson Five or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get That's it. I, the magnitude of this fight that you're bringing in with these two. I get it. That's how we view it as boxing fans, as sports fans. But you know, 
is is this the view of the general population, right? Like, it's, like it was, it was a Pacquiao, Pacquiao, yeah, but like a Pacquiao Mayweather type, a Pacquiao thing. Mayweather fight, and I and I and I asked that, and I hold on, hold on, hold on, you got two brothers. Yeah, I get it. I, I asked that because when we've seen both of these guys do pay per view fights in the past individually, they haven't been able to cross that five hundred thousand, one million, you know. Um, Fight, you know, one one million uh, pay per view buys. Do you think these two guys together, you know, with that with that fan base that they have, would be able to get to that number? This is going to be the fight of all fights. We haven't seen we haven't seen this in decades, bro. You know what I'm saying? We're talking decades now. Like I said, since since Hagler and Hearns, this this is what's what's going to give you that, and. The promotions are going to be out of the roof. Uh, you know, the promotions is going to be off the chain, man. They're going to be, they're going to be getting this fight in in in, in Nigeria. They're going to be doing this fight in the UK. In Nigeria, Niger. Yes, they're they're doing, definitely this fight here. This is what everyone wants to see. This will be the payday of all paydays. Like I explained, since we haven't seen a fight of this magnitude since Hagler and Hearns. So I will say this, hey, Al, uh, do you think that if it happens in November, like that's going, if this is the goal, right, for November, would it, would it be a two-fight deal? No, I, and, and once again, I'm a, uh, I got to go back to what I said previously last time I was on the show. Uh-huh. There, I, I still think Bud... I, I the only way that this is gonna really, really, really happen uh-huh. is if Bud go ahead and sign with PBC uh-huh. and, and 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 make this happen for a three fight deal. He doesn't have to do anything of any magnitude, you know. There's because this is a 50-50 fight, fellas. You uh-huh. gotta you you gotta keep this in mind. So of course there's gonna be rematch clauses in this fight. Uh-huh. No one is gonna sign this without a rematch clause. Yeah. So we expect the trilogy uh. out of this fight. Expect the trilogy. Let me. Add, unless someone loses two, you know, twice in a row. Speaking but of. But expect the trilogy in this particular matchup. Speaking of trilogy, um, you know, we we look. It seems as if we're clearly on the way to September having Canelo versus Triple G. Their um, trilogy, the third fight. Of of that uh, of that series between these guys, do you? Right. Let me ask you: the, in relation to a potential Bud Crawford and um, Spence. Errol Spence Jr. fight, do you think if that fight is a closely contested fight where the result doesn't necessarily pan out with what we see, do you think that potentially hurts um, the fight? You know, um, fans paying for a Errol, a Bud versus Errol Spence Jr. fight in November or December? It's, well, I know the, the first fight is going to definitely, the fans are going to get what they want to see uh-huh. on this first fight. Uh-huh. This this first one coming up November, December, it's gonna, the fans are going to get what they pay for at this particular on this particular fight. It's going down. I mean, we have two undefeated elite fighters. Both of these fighters are elite. This is the creme de la creme. It doesn't get any better than these two at 147. 
You know, this is, they are the best. So you're going to get it. The fans are going to get it. They're going to be excited. They are going to walk away pleased and happy when they see this particular fight going down. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait, man. I really can't. I think this fight's going to be dope. I, I will say this before I let you go. I just feel like it's definitely, I think it's going to happen in Vegas. Guys, feel, all right, this is my thing. Do you think Bud, I mean, Earl can pull those numbers outside of Dallas? Yes. You still, you still, they're okay, going to have guy. all the, Texas is huge. I know, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. They're going to they gonna travel. The they traveling. They come to Vegas. Okay, if that's the case, then yeah. Okay. Right. I think they're going right. to have to have it in beyond. I think my issue for, like, it's hard for Bud. Like Bud can never draw an Omaha because no one. No, no, he's, he's done pretty good. No, what I mean by draw, I mean you can't get as much as Texas. That's what I mean. Like you ain't okay. gonna get those numbers. Like it's he does good in Nebraska. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm mm-hmm. just saying he's not gonna right. get Texas numbers because it's Texas. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's really. Right. I feel bad for him in that aspect. Like your 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 home state ain't going to compare to Texas. It is what it is, right? So like. The draw, it's 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 always. I feel like Vegas because I don't know if Bud wants to fight in somebody's hometown. So I just feel like Bud, it'd be better for Bud in this type of fight, this type of venue, no excuses, having a cent- a neutral spot like Vegas, like you said, just get the Raiders Stadium, just pack that thing up and just let it go. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it would be nice, but you know, having three belts, and if you had it, yeah. if you you got to think about yourself. If if it was you. If you were Errol Spence Jr., I mean, and you holding and you're holding the IBF, the WBC, and the WBA, and and we all know that the WBO really hasn't been very respected uh-huh. out of out of the four major belts, and that's what and and that's exactly what Terrence Bud Crawford has the WBO. Uh-huh. I mean, you're gonna have to go over there. You're gonna have to come down into enemy territory. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Stadium. I totally agree with you. Plus, Errol Spence will always make this case. He'll say, "Look, I went to Sheffield, England, and I took Kell Brook's from belt. Kell Brook." Uh-huh. And exactly. then he's going to also make the he's going to make the argument that you went to Australia and you took the you took the belt from Jeff Horn, right? So, right. So that's why I'm in. Plus, I have three of the four titles. That's why you <laughs> have to come to Dallas, Texas, and fight me. And right. plus. You you won't get a draw. You won't get a live gate like that. Uh-huh. I don't think you 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 may get it in Vegas, but guaranteed in Dallas, Texas, that will be. You could possibly fill up that whole stadium. Uh-huh. So take up take the sixty forty, <laughs> take the sixty forty gate, and be good. And be and good, be exactly. Alex. And then we and then we can re, we can renegotiate the terms on the rematch if you win. Exactly. That sounds. It good. just make it to me. It makes it makes too much sense. To, to 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 not have this fight in Dallas. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Right, well, Al, I just love Vegas. I know, I know, I know you love Vegas. I can tell. I can tell. You already got the. You I already got the lineup. lineup. <laughs> you already got the lineup. Jeez, bro, you already got the lineup. Hey, Al, it's nothing about Vegas. I don't. It's nothing about Vegas. I do not like. I can I, tell, I mean, bro. I can tell. It is just good for everybody. It's good for everybody. You're right. Hey, Vegas don't discriminate. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Al, before I let you go, man, let listen to how, how they can catch you and how they can catch you on social media. Yeah, yeah. That's In the Ring with Al Jones on all social media platform platforms. You can Google me and AJ In the Ring also. 
That's my personal. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. IG snatching people accounts down and all that messing with people <laughs> accounts. So I had to switch over to the AJ in the ring on IG. But you can Google me in the ring with Al Jones, AJ in the ring. You, you can reach me there. And, and I'm live Tuesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on NewStarCleveland.com. Awesome, man. I appreciate you, man. You know, we, we definitely appreciate you, man. We definitely might- do. Hey, I appreciate you all, man. Anytime you need me, I'm here for you. And we're going to have to get together soon, fellas. Oh, you, you know, know what bro. I'm saying? We got to get together soon so we can break bread and, 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 and really enjoy one another's company. Man. Definitely, man. Absolutely. I'm, hey, all right, hey, man, the fight happens in Vegas. No I'm doubt. There. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> I'm all right. All right. All right. All right. Peace out, fellas. Peace out. All right. One love. All right. Again, man, that's Al. That's Al Jones, man. Make sure you check him out, man. Al's cool as hell. All right. As part of our new segment, HBCU Corner, we'll play our interview with University of Maryland Eastern Shore men's basketball coach Jason Crafton after break. Hawks Pride. You listen to the Urban Sports Say. For ages. <laughs> you dig? Deuces on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Southern University, What's up with y'all? Alabama yeah, State, Damn yeah. you, Clark Atlanta. I shake your money maker, don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker, don't let that money maker. Oh, shake your money maker, don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker, don't let that money maker. Yeah, I shake that money maker, don't let that money maker. You know I accommodate you, and I accommodate you. I make you come. I know you're home lately. I turn your curly hair into that bone straightening. I make you moan, baby. It feel right, don't it? I know I'm wrong, baby. That pheromone fragrance. Can't miss no car payments. I kiss her earlobe like what you doing later. The bucket alligator. Them lanes agitator. I'm talking out your beauty. No makeup applicator. She say I killed the I seen the affidavit. She blew my cap off. Like I had graduated, the roof decapitated, the booth contaminated. Hey, check my face card. I bet it's laminated. My jewelry carbonated. My yard You're listening to the urban sports scene with Will T and myself, Wole, part of Amphire Media at Amphiremedia.com. Alright, it's time for HBCU Corner. This segment spotlights coaches and players within HBCU athletics. Here is an interview with the University of Maryland Eastern Shore men's basketball coach, Jason Crafton. Y'all know I went to Eastern Shore, so you know I got to represent. We, could, we conducted this interview last week. Check it out. Welcome to HBCU Corner. Right now we have University of Maryland Eastern Shore basketball coach, Jason Crafton. What's up, Jason? What's up, Coach Crafton? And welcome to the Urban Sports Scene. Well, welcome back to the Urban welcome Sports back. Scene. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Good to be back. Uh, great to have be with you guys on the radio that time. And now we're here zooming it up, Urban Sports Scene, man. Let's make it happen. HBCU, Maryland Eastern Show, Hawks in the house. Talk to me. Absolutely. Hey, we appreciate you representing. So, Coach, you're about our age. We're a little older, and we've had we've had a lot of students on lately, student athletes, I, I should say. And it's a little easier to have fun with them when we do the icebreakers. So we try to do something age-appropriate. But I'm going to say this real quick. Right now, of course, on the urban sports scene, we're focusing on HBCUs, right? But prior to that, we were looking at D.C. area basketball. I'm born, I, I was born in D.C. I've raised in a DMV. 
And uh, Wole, same thing. I'm assuming you was born in DMV. <laughs> Don't do that. Father's <laughs> house in Washington, D.C. There you go. Thought you might have been born in the motherland. But listen, um, here's the thing. We started the D.C. basketball series because of the Kevin Durant documentary, right? And on that documentary, okay. they, they were talking about how Kareem and Powell Memorial, well, Lou Alcindor at the time, Powell Memorial came up. They have been on this yep. crazy winning streak, and they took an L to the map. And they like, when New York ballers come to D.C., they take L. That, that's what they said. We know oh. you're from New York. So we're going to have a little fun, right? I, I'm going to give you. coming out hot right now. <laughs> he is. He is. He's bringing the smoke early. <laughs> All right, so, 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 so listen. Some <laughs> <laughs> the Hawks thing, ready? <laughs> no, messing with you. I know. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. So, so listen to these two starting fives. Who would you take? So I'm gonna go with my people's first, of course, DC, Elgin Baylor, <laughs> Kevin Durant, Adrian Dantley, Steve Francis. And then again, this is DMV, so we're gonna throw Grant Hill in there, all right? So you got that Elgin okay. Baylor. I don't know how, how much of a student of the game you are, because Elgin Baylor is, of course, before our time, but still, we know who he is. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, by the way, Kevin Durant, yeah. KD, Adrian Dantley, Stevie Franchise, and Grant Hill, all right? Now, on New York, we got. Kareem. Oh, I don't get to Dr. pick my team. He's going to pick a team. He's going to pick a team. Oh, you're going to pick your team. Okay, good. Don't pick your team. That's fair. Don't pick your team. Well, I'm going to say one name and, you, and everything's done for you. Michael Jordan. And don't tell me Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn. Oh. <laughs> so that ends Does that count? for you when I tell you Michael's my two. And then when I'm going Kenny Anderson at the point, the old Boy, Kenny was a bad. Kenny was you bad. Uh, you know, even actually Sebastian Telfair broke his record, but I'm still going with Kenny Anderson. And if I go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at my front court, I mean, do, I, about it. Else? do, I, do I have to go anywhere else with this? I mean, you could. I mean, as a Laker fan, growing up as a Laker fan, you said Kareem. I mean, it, it, he's like, he's like, yeah. <laughs> hey, real, real talk, Kareem, we can't argue that. I'm taking Stevie Franchise over Kenny Anderson. I'm sorry. Even though we did an interview with Kenny Anderson years back, man, with, with my man Mike. Somebody got to get MJ the ball while he's giving y'all 60. <laughs> <laughs> MJ don't count, but it's okay. He <laughs> <laughs> was born there. It's cool. It's cool. Who was the team you were going to pick? Because that just off the tip of my dome, I threw those three out. So I'm like, I got, I got, of course, Kareem. I got, I got Bernard King. He played for the Bullets back in the day. I got Steph on the list, even though I kind of like Mark Jackson better than Steph for real. I got Bob Cousy and um and I got Dr. J. You like you like who better than Stephon Marbury? Mark Jackson. Oh, yeah, well, give me Stephon over Mark Jackson any day of the week. Yeah, give me Stephon. Mark Jackson could back you down, and but but Steph could refuse the ball screen, go baseline, go side, and go <laughs> lean on you. Yeah, do you see that all-star game with AI and Steph when they just took over DC? <laughs> Mark Jackson, his game in the NBA is different from what you see in the street. Like he has handles that Kyrie Irving type. I, I agree with that. that. I agree with that. I'm saying we we just don't that. see that part. He, he calmed it down for the. He calmed it down for the for the. Uh, Trust me, Mark Jackson. Jackson no question. Will, no question. Hey, it's a good think, debate. Listen, we say Kenny Anderson, Mark Jackson, Steph, Stephon Marbury. I mean, like <laughs> it's a good. It's a good list. It's a good list. <laughs> You know what what I mean? I'm still no, surprised we're you. even having this conversation about about white, like, especially when you throw my, my my man Michael Jordan from Brooklyn in there. And I don't want to hear nothing about the North Carolina stuff. That man was born. His birth certificate says Brooklyn, New York. That's like Melo. Melo says New York, but Melo from he's from well, that Melo is he is born in New York. 
But he's really Baltimore, though. But he's man. born in New York, though. It's okay. Oh, man, we taking Carmelo Anthony now. It's, it's, it, we, we not even. Next topic. <laughs> Carmelo, too. Now, now we're really. Now, yeah, that, this is not even a game anymore. This is just, just kidding. I'm just going to basically give it to Kevin Durant and just spread the floor and just say, like, let's just, let KD take us home. And he's <laughs> And he may be the best player in the DMV right now, ever. Like, he could be there. Would you say that, Ray? Ever? I mean, um, if he, is it ever listening to DMV right now, where he's at? He, he's, he's in a discussion, though. I yeah. Mean, of yeah. yeah. I would definitely go there. All right. So, Coach, I'm going to ask you ask you another question. This is a real serious serious one, because Ray and I, we we we've used to go to this place often as students at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Is the Hawks nest still there? <laughs> <laughs> Hawks, dang, it must not be the Hawks Nest. It used to be like a place you could buy food. No, it's not there anymore. Right, right, it's not there anymore. They got the they got the t-shirts that say Hawks Nest, but I didn't really know what exactly it was. It used to be like so, a so. fast food spot. Yeah, you know, we used to just, our age, man. Yeah, no, we they, you know what, it's been, I have to keep it 100. The COVID dynamic here has been, you know, in college. So like when you're a new coach coming to a situation and we were just, I had one of my players the other day, I was like, this is their first real, like, guys that were here for us last year, spring to summer to fall to now. The last 12 months have been a little bit more realistic for them um, than prior to that because my first year here, the, the season ended and yeah. we sent the kids home for COVID. We didn't uh -huh. get them back for the summertime. And then our season got canceled last year. So it's it, it has not been normal until, like, recently uh, around here. So – um, there is some spot where I know they got the calf, and I know they got they yeah. that little Chick Fil A, the Starbucks. That's the SDC. I know what you're talking about over yeah. there. But I don't know if it's still S called the Hawks sir. Nest. I, I can't huh? I can't co-sign if that is not. Yeah. But in the bookstore, there are T-shirts that say Hawks Nest. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone's buying a T-shirt to to promote the fast food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Uh, is Tall Jim still still popping? <laughs> Jim is. I don't know if it's popping, but it's still there. And everybody that, that gets buckets over there thinks that they can get buckets for. for Yo, wait, that doesn't that doesn't change, Ray. <laughs> like, hey, I, I wasn't. I wasn't like that. I got buckets for Jim. So you know, what I mean, like that should at least give me some type of consideration. You know, what I mean, like uh, to to you know. So yeah, everybody, the all the the all conference players from Tall's were were, were running over here when I first got. Here. <laughs> uh, shout out to Tall. Shout out to Intramurals over there. Yeah, them they, they, I got. I tell you what, those kids. I st I popped over there, man. Shout out to Malice and Shore, uh, kids that play in that, and you know, like they compete. Yeah, for balls, man. It matters, and uh, it was fun times. Anytime I popped over there and watched those guys get after. Used to play because Ray and I played in the intramurals often. Uh, it tossed, <laughs> and um, we used to have the basketball team play, uh, take part in it. They would play in the in the um in the, in the tournament in the uh, season two as well. Uh, after the season, so they would play in it too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So it was cool. It was cool. Like you said, the energy in Tals in Intramural was, was there. You're right. They play. They play uber hard. And they really do. But let's get right into yeah, yeah. yeah. But let's get right to some serious questions, though. Some real, the real, the real questions. All right. So you were announced as head coach of UMES in 2019. Last season, the team finished 11 to 16. Your guys played real tough. Um. So what is your vision for the program? Yeah, I think the vision is just to continue to, to keep moving it forward. You know, I think, you know, you being an alum, we took a step my first year in terms of breaking the school record and, and block shots and becoming one of the better defensive teams in the conference. And then we took a, a bigger step this year 
and and not just being one of the better defensive teams in the conference, it was us and Norfolk State, but we were top 10 in three different defensive categories. You know, we had three guys get, you know, conference recognition. Nate Pollard was defensive, was all, all defensive team. Uh, Sean, uh, Deshaun Phillip was on the uh, third team all conference and Chase Davis for the DMV uh, as well with Sean. Actually, all those guys are DMV guys. <laughs> <laughs> Virginia, uh, Sean's from uh, Baltimore, Maryland and Chase from uh, PG County, Maryland. So Chase was all rookie team. So, you know, we did some things in that regard. You know, we won some non-conference games against some teams that, you know, people historically, Maryland for sure doesn't beat, you know, Atlantic 10 went over Fordham, you know, winning at Lehigh in the Patriot League um, and taking UConn the distance. You know, we took care of business at home in a non-conference and then winning at North Carolina Central for the first time since 2008, you know, um, you know, sweeping Coppin State, um, you know, sweeping Dell State, those local rivalries, you know, um, you know, taking care of business there, splitting with Morgan State. We, we were very competitive, you know, in our games against Norfolk. We didn't win, but we were competitive in those games. So we took the step. The first step is becoming competitive, and we did that. Now that the next step to become a champion, that's the hardest step, and that's that's the challenge for our guys right now is it's like, you know, you know, you can't just assume that just because, we you know, we took a step that that means that now the next step just naturally happens. You're going to have to work hard and you've had to work. So we just want to keep pushing the needle forward. So, Coach, uh, of course, we're we going to keep emphasizing that. Wally and I, we attended UMES, of course, and I've grown an appreciation, real talk, for – just Princess Anne and that area because of the historic nature yeah. of, you know, our people and, and just a lot of what went on then in the, in the past. I mean, you know, of course, it paved the way for us today to be able to just get a good education and be able to, you know, go to school together, you know, intermingle. Yeah. Look at me. I'm, I'm a mixed percent. Anyway, um, but as we know, we, didn't, we as, couldn't tell <laughs> as, <laughs> you're crazy. as much as uh. As much as I appreciate the area, it ain't a whole lot to do. You know, Mole, we had the mall, Walmart, food line, but Salisbury Mall. We had Salisbury Mall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, if if you make this program a winner, do you understand the attraction that's going to be for the people who live there and the alumni? Like it's going to be crazy. What's your thoughts about just engaging the alumni and also just you know growing the brand to where a lot of people want to come and see you and me as basketball? Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, you hit on some some big time points outside of your uh, resemblance to Albie Shore. Um, <laughs> yeah, take me back to 90s R&B. But, you know. Hey, we still winning, bro. We still winning. The bar is all day. You ain't winning, boy. <laughs> but no, I mean, we were, t I was telling my staff this the other day, you know, like, like, you know, when you're in this season, you don't feel it as much, like, because, you know, you're playing, you're traveling and. You know, our guys, you know, we 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 embrace going on the road and, and traveling and, and getting a chance to see different places and see different things. Um, but at the same time, when the basketball season's over and the ripping and running around, then you kind of really kind of settle in and see like, hey, you are kind of out here a little bit. It is a little bit country, you know. And so what I always say mm -hmm. is to be successful as a basketball player and a team at Maryland Eastern Shore, like you got to have guys that really are about that work. You got to be mm -hmm. about that work. You got to be about ball. If you're into the other stuff, this just isn't the place for you. So we try to really do a due diligence with recruiting guys that want to be in the gym, uh, that want to be in the weight room, that, that that really thrive on, you know, not really the extracurricular stuff, you, you know, you know, like really more about the grind, you know, and getting their grades right and, and, and putting themselves in the best position, you know, to, to continue their basketball careers, you know, so that, that that's that's what we what we strive to have. And when we have that with consistency, I think this place is going to be a special place that that, that can make that can make jumps and can be competitive and, and, and do those things. Like I said, we made a small jump. Now we got to make a bigger jump, but yeah, it is, it is challenging, but you know, this, you know, it, it, Kansas, University of Kansas is not exactly in, 
New York City. You know, and their facility out there isn't, you know, the same as some of the people they compete against. You know, obviously, mm. Kansas is a further along, obviously, <laughs> in the journey of building a program. But at some point, it started there. And that's what we're trying to start at Mount Eastern Shore, where it's less about the area. It's more about the work. It's more about the grind. It's more about being a part of building something special. That takes time, and that takes bringing in the right types of guys. And, um, you know, that's the journey we're on right now. So would you say in terms of, like, your recruiting mission or, or you know, what you talk when you're looking for a kid, you're looking for a kid that fits all those criteria. It's about all about ball. Like, that's what it's about. It's all about ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I education, think, of course. Education, and education, of course, yeah, but. <laughs> conversations, are, you know, ball, the academics. Academics, the ball. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like the family atmosphere with your teammates, you know. Uh, you know, being a part of, you know, the community here, you know, being an HBCU, you know, the, the dynamics of that, you know, all those things are, are the talking points. If it goes outside of that into, you know, your desire to want to party and do those things, like, let's just keep it real. If that's where you're at anyway, um, if you're in a location where that's at, uh, you know, a paramount, then, then you're going to struggle <laughs> because you're going, yeah. you're looking for the wrong things anyway. So, you know, I look at it as a positive that we don't have. You know, the, the direct access to that, you got to kind of, you know, get in the car and drive to find it a little bit. Uh -huh. You know, um, you know, I, I think it puts us in a position, most parents, families, you know, like I said, if you're real about this game and you're real about being successful, you're real about getting a degree, then you're going to really be excited about what we have to offer. If you're into those other things, and this just ain't the spot for you, and that's okay. Uh -huh. The quicker we get to, a, to, to, to checking a guy, crossing a guy off, there's the next guy that, you know what I mean, <laughs> you could check the box and say, Sure. So mm -hmm. there's always the next player. Um, and uh, th those are the types of guys that we want in our program. How's the recruiting process going for you so far? You know what? Recruiting has changed now. So it's so dynamic with the portal and, and everything like that, that you know, and, and the, the volume of just transfers that are out there. So, and to stay competitive, you got to get the right mix. You know, some people are all transfer driven. For us, we're just about getting the right players at the right time that fit what we're trying to build here. Um, guys that are blue collar. Uh, they play hard. They want to play defense. They care about their academics. Um, they buy into what we're trying to build here in this one-way culture. And we say one way, it's like combining our family atmosphere with our tenaciousness, which is our edge. And then that's our approach in everything we do, whether it's on the floor, in the weight room, in the, in the classroom. We got a 3.6 GPA in the fall. We challenge our guys to be one way in their approach in everything that they do. And that's what's important to us. So, you know, right now recruiting, we've got to a good crop of kids that we're looking at that other schools are looking at as well. And now it's just about lining up visits and trying to secure commitments. So you referenced already about the importance of emphasizing just playing and attending an HBCU. And we talk about this a lot. This is what, you know, our segment is all about on this show right now. The focus is coming back to HBCUs and it's going to, I think it's, I think right now we're still in the early stages before it really lights on fire to where you start to see more and more of the top athletes start to go to universities that look and represent, you know, their culture or look, or look like that. So how does that fit into your recruiting in terms of, look, Morgan and Howard were featured during uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. I hope to see UMES there one day. That, that's, that's my biggest thing is I want to see UMES in the tournament. I want to see UMES there. But, you know, it's coming to where TV – exposure, all that is going to be possible at HBCU just as much as it is at the bigger programs. Do you talk about that or do you kind of shy away from that until we get closer to that point? 
No, we talk about wanting to build this brand. You know, I mean, obviously you see what, you know, when you think about HBCUs, let's take athletics out of it for a second. Let's just talk HBCUs, institutions, right? The first ones that pop in your head are schools. Obviously, Howard has a household name. You think of Clark Atlanta, Tuskegee, you know what I mean? Like you think of some household names, FAMU in the HBCU community. Manly Eastern Shore is not a household name. So how do we change that? How do we now spearhead ourselves into being a, a home, uh, like a, a brand name in the HBCU world, you know, and that's twofold. You know, you see a lot of the impressive things that that we're trying to do with our ac academics and, and and improving our campus and, and the strides that we're making in building new buildings and adding majors and things like that. And some of the things that, that we've done as an institution under the leadership of Dr. Uh, Heidi Anderson. And then you see what we're trying to do with our basketball program in terms of trying to, you know, grow it and be more competitive. And you watch us play against UConn. And when you when you go out there and you compete against those teams, and it's not just you going out and getting a check, but you go and put a good showing in, that brings more attention, more notoriety to your institution. At the end of the day, no matter whether you're HBCU or, 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 or any school, people want to know that it's going to be cool to go there, right? Mm -hmm. like, so, you know, like, so cool is also, hey, I can get a big time degree there. You know, cool is also, hey, we've got great athletic programs, you know, that compete and, and we can feel good about wearing our, you know, having some school pride and things like that. How good did you guys feel when we beat Fordham in the Atlantic 10? You're probably running around like, hey, that's a big time win. You know, we won an Atlantic 10 game on a night when we got $60,000. We got paid to go play that game. You know, that's a big night for Maryland Eastern Shore. You know, you feel good about when we go out on national television and perform a certain way. Um, you know, and that's the types of things that we're striving to do here. And we talk to our recruits about that. We talk to our families about that. Some schools are ahead of us in that. And, and we always say, if you want to go somewhere that's already built, that's already a household name, that's fine. But if you want to be a part of building this hmm. and helping us achieve this, you know, and be a part of this HBCU movement, where now you see Maryland Eastern Shore All-Star Weekend, you see Maryland Eastern Shore, when you, when you Google HBCUs, where the logo that comes up there, that takes a unified effort on all fronts, <laughs> you know, not just, you know what I mean? Like, like, like to make Absolutely. that happen. And I believe that athletics and, and especially when you don't have football, basketball, men's basketball is, a, is, is, you know, a driving force for us to be able to do that as an institution. So you're so right, because when, even though um, we lost that game because UConn, everyone on social media um, in that, in the, in the, in the second half was, was like, UMES is, I mean, I'm following, I follow a lot of folks on from UMES. UMES is competing with UConn. They have a chance to be UConn. It was going crazy. There's a bunch of comments everywhere. So you're right about that. And when, you know, when we see, when we see UMES in terms of alum, we're so proud of the work you're doing because this season, this team has been very competitive. But for you, uh, you know, coaching at uh, HBCU, how, what does it mean to you coach at coaching at HBCU? What, like, what does it mean to you to the heart? You know, I think it's a, it's a special type of, uh, you know, journey. It's a special type of, you know, honor, you know, mm -hmm. like, like when you just, you know, you walk around the campus and you're able to just kind of see the history. I always stop and read a statue or read something, you know what I mean? And just, you're just taking in the history. It's like, you feel like you learn something every time, learn something new about your culture every time you just take a walk around campus. So I think it's an exciting opportunity for, you know, not just for me to be the head coach and an honor for me to be the head coach, but for all you know, the students that go here outside of just athletics, just to, just to walk an HBCU campus, you're going to get a, 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 an education in your history. And you're going to learn things that you didn't know. <laughs> you know like, you're going to see a garden that's named after somebody. You're going to see a building that's named. And you're going to stop there and just read that plate and just like, oh, wow, I didn't know this. And you're going to pick your phone up and Google it and just be like, wow, 
that's pretty interesting. And you're going to just learn a lot about your culture. And, you know, and, and this is a society where we still celebrate Black History Month. And when you're at HBCU, it's Black History Day every single day, you know. So that that's an exciting journey. And that's something I take a lot of pride in being a part of, along with being able to be real with my student athletes about, you know, the, you know, not just the movement for HBCUs, but our culture as we continue to push, you know, you know, our our culture forward and, and putting young black males and opportunities to go out to the world and be more prepared at, at, at academically, more prepared professionally, uh, to be able to not just play basketball, to be able to get on a Zoom call, look somebody in the eye, pull your pants up, you know, be able to put a resume together, be early, stay late, and do the types of things that are going to be required of you to beat out people that are coming from, you know, perceived higher uh, level Ivy League institutions or things like that, and to be able to show them that you've got just as good an education and you're going to be able to put in even more work to be able to secure success and, and outwork those people. So that's that that's really what I really embrace and, and uh, accept as a responsibility in this role. I appreciate that. And I feel like HBCUs as a whole, man, together, it's a movement. You know, like when we were in school, uh, Hampton, they upset Iowa State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And we were pulling for them because, again, this is MEAC. It's, it's again, I think, I think at the end of the day, we all have the same goal, you know, and right now it's moving in, in the right direction and at such a rapid pace, I feel like. Um, so I'm excited about it. And I'm hoping that that message is just conveyed very clearly. So I appreciate you. That's what I want to tell you. Just for all that you're doing. And of course, backing up your words with action, man. That's the most important thing. Because a lot of coaches and recruiters, they can say certain things, but then so many kids, you know, they're damaged because, you know, some adults have failed them because they're not living up to their standards, man. So not just what you're doing personally, but again, just for the movement, this HBCU movement, man. No, I appreciate brother. that. And you guys are part of it as well. Just yeah, even having me on the show, I appreciate you guys because we're all in this mm. together. You know, like just, you know, you know, without, there's no me without you. So, I mean, like we're all, you know, I mean, you guys doing this and not just for my institution, but for all the institutions that you're interviewing and just providing a platform for, for you know, coaches to come out here and speak about their schools and, you know, get the brand out there, you know. So salute sure. to you guys and we appreciate you as well. Thank you so much, Lowe. Before we let you go, is there anything you would like to add? Because I know you got mama mentality because I see that sign in the back and I've been staring at it. And that's a, that's a mentality that I respect. But is there anything that you want to add? No, yeah, I think when you talk about the mama mentality, you know, that's, that's something that we're trying to infuse into our guys. You know, I think that, you know, you guys have seen Marilyn Shore has been uh, in the gutter so much from a men's basketball standpoint, you know, um, ranked dead last this year by Sports Illustrated. So, you know, unfortunately, the reality is, is that you win 11 games or you go six and eight in conference or, you know, and that's like an unbelievable season when, you know, really what I told our guys was we made a step, but like, let's not get ahead of ourselves and act like that we've done some magical thing yet because we haven't cut down that shit. There's no rings and none of that has transpired. So when those things happen, then we can we can be a little bit more, you know, cheerful in that regard. But we got a lot of work to do. So. <laughs> You know, like as much as we're proud of the steps that we've made as a program, you know, we don't want to get complacent as I think this this area um, has gotten um, with with just below average or mediocrity or not being OK. We want to keep building and we want to keep grinding and we want to be in the conversation for not just being one of the better programs in the MEAC, but being one of the better HBCUs nationally. That takes time. That's the journey that we're on. And we want to be on this podcast with you guys a year from now, two years from now and continue talking about the proge progression and not being at a stalemate. Oh, definitely. Oh, I, I, I dig that. Well, Coach, man, thanks for being on HBCU Corner with the Urban Sports thing. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. I'm coming back, Coach. You're bringing me back. <laughs> <laughs>
Again, that was Coach Craft, and that was our interview. Ray and I uh, interviewed Coach Craft, and he was dope, man. So support UMS, man. Hawk Proud. You know what time it is. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amplifier Media, at AmplifierMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. All right, man. Appreciate you all for tuning in. You know, we always have bangers out here. But how can I end this show off? What'd you say, Wilson? I got you. Yeah. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Site for ages. You dig? Deuces. A mega. Lead us out, big homie.